you know you can never actually have other people see the dream exactly as you did but you're left sort of trying to trying to get as close to that as possible trying to sort of recreate this experience in some way even though it's a it, it is an experience that is essentially like not able to be recreated because very you know non-literal very kind of abstract Welcome to Sleep Talker. I guess where this sort of came from is the interests in not necessarily dreams themselves, but the way that people talk about dreams and the kind of function of dreams on a sort of cultural and a so- social level. The podcast about sleep. Dream, or it could be Thursday night's dream, or it could be something else entirely. Dreams. I'm not trying to bring the audience into the dream world. I'm trying to show the attempts to to do so, you know what I mean? Like nightmares. You can piece together fragments of actual dreams you've had, or you can just focus on one dream that you've had. And what happens in your head after dark? Even if they think talking about dreams is just a waste of time, and, and they don't remember their dreams, or you know, they just they dismiss it all as like um, pseudoscientific, psychoanalytical bullshit. Tonight on Sleep Talker, we'll hear a story from the archives. About a year ago, I met with Declan Molkai. Declan directed Day Night's Dream, a theatrical exploration of the dreaming mind. Declan recruited seven performers to write their dreams into an immersive play, where the audience followed the cast through the night and into dreamland. We watched as puppets and blankets morphed into segments of the performer's subconscious. All I really, really know is, um, well, actually, I kind of know everything. (laughs) That way you do in dreams when all the information is just kind of implanted in your mind with total certainty and you've got no idea how you know the things you know. You just take them for granted. I never tend to experience coherent feelings or discrete physical sensations when I dream, but I have a sense of what the whole dream was. It's like excavating dozens of fragments and reassembling them into some familiar object. You end up using more fixative and filler than actual original material. So, I'm not on the set anymore. It's an anodyne How can you turn intangible recollection into something visual? Something to be watched or consumed or understood? And inside, a half a dozen vials of blood. How do we put into words something we can barely remember because we were unconscious when it happened? But Day-Night's Dream wasn't just a literal interpretation of a recollection of a dream. Instead, the performers wove hazy memories and scattered images to try to explore what might happen in anyone's head on any night of the week. Declan said he took the name for the play from an old nursery rhyme. Friday night's dream, dream, on Saturday Saturday told, told. is sure to come true, be it never so old. Um, Are any of your dreams in the show? No, they're not, actually. I'm completely in a coordinating role. Uh, Do you have vivid dreams? Yeah, I do. I I don't think I could have been interested in this project if I didn't have sort of some, like, appreciation of dreams. I think I read too much into dreams, definitely. I put too too much... um, I have too much faith in them. 
I'm at work as the dream begins, which in hindsight should have made me realise it was a dream for two reasons. I keep having this reoccurring dream. Like the action of the dream itself isn't anything really, it's just one of those wasted opportunities where you're acting out real life but not. All of these questions seem designed with my childhood memories in mind. I've yet to decide whether that's of a special significance for the dream. You can never even remember a dream fully, so you're left to kind of fill in the blanks, sort of like as you please. You, you're almost given creative freedom in taking the fragments of your dream that you can remember and trying to churn them out into something that's more cohesive. So you're kind of making, yeah, these like dramaturgical creative decisions about, about your dream. And I'm interested in sort of what those decisions say about an individual and what they want, what they want that dream to mean. When we're talking about dreams, we tend to sort of grab onto any points of reference that we understand from our own, like, subjective experience. And so I think, I mean, I think talking about dreams and sort of trying to get people to understand dreams is like a great sort of, like, real-life metaphor for just, I don't know, human interaction in general, because you're, you're trying to find people, you're trying to let people understand your point of view by giving them something that they'll understand from their perspective. So rather than finding something that you can both sort of like recognize on an objective level, like, oh, this is, this is a truth that we both know equally and exactly the same. You have to come, come from different directions, different, very subjective directions and try and like understand the same thing, but from your own points of view. And so the golden haze becomes more intense and spreads to my other senses and carries me into waking. I don't even recall being found guilty, necessarily. Um, but I wake up terrified, uh, because the last thing I think before I wake is that I must be what they say I am. I don't think you can ever actually have a complete, like, comprehensive understanding of someone's dream or even just someone's perspective on a sort of wide level. So I think what you're kind of left with, even though there is this sort of drive to get complete, like, yeah, complete aligning of, of your um, worldviews and have a complete shared understanding of this thing, that idea is so kind of appealing, but it's also, I just think, fundamentally impossible. So I think what we're left to do is try and just find, recognise how like different our interpretations can be and how different our perspectives might be and just try and find meaning that may be very different but is still present for each of us. You know, it's a step away from in theory recognising that there is no, there is no like one answer and actually acknowledging the fact that you're completely, you're pretty much completely isolated in the way that you view the world because it's informed by so many, so many different things that no one can ever have experienced in the same way. But you have to come to terms with the fact that, yeah, this is your viewpoint, and while it's not the same as anyone else's, you can try and share as much of it as possible just by finding these, like, shared points of connection. Even if they're shared in this, like, really different way, that's still sort of, I guess that's all you have, so you have to work with it.
Day Night's Dream has been reawoken for this year's Fringe Festival. From September 22nd, Declan takes over a Melbourne apartment with a new set of dream adaptations. To find out more about the show, head to daynightsdream.com. A version of this story first aired on All the Best in an episode called In Your Dreams. For that episode, I spoke to people whose dreams followed them well into their waking hours. I'll post a link to it on the Sleep Talker website. Sleep Talker is produced by me, Beck Fari. To get in touch or to listen to past episodes, head to sleeptalkerpodcast.com.